0: The Daily Tap is live for Wednesday We're going to talk about if Aaron Rodgers is the biggest lightning rod in sports We're going to talk about if Marquette can get hot in the Big East We're going to talk about if Chris Middleton should be, We should be concerned about Chris Middleton If the start to Chris Middleton season is going to get better Or if this is just kind of an off year for mids uh, Tapping the keg is on all the social media. We are on uh, Tapping the keg sports on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Tapping the keg on Twitter. Uh, my, my assistant producer, Lily, is here with me. Chewing on a bone. So if you hear something in the background, that is her. Don't worry about it. Uh, also make sure that you are rating, reviewing, you're subscribing. You're doing all the things that would really help our podcast. Grow our podcast. Share our podcast. Please do tell people about us. Give it Give a, Give it. to people. Give us a listen. They talk about Wisconsin sports uh, in a little bit of a different manner. We appreciate all the love, all the support as always. Let's start with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is so interesting. I find Aaron Rodgers fascinating. I think as his career has gone on, he's become more fascinating. Rodgers used to be a guy that I wouldn't say he played it by the books. He always kind of did his own thing. You know, the R-E-L-A-X, the shush that he had. Um, I'm trying to think of other instances where Rogers sort of was this lightning rod or Rogers sort of run the, run the table, right? Um, those were all different things that Aaron Rodgers did. But he still was a guy who was a local spokesperson and then kind of became like I called it the Rick Vaughn stage when he was dating Olivia Munn, where it was all national brands and the state farms came in and Rogers sort of, you know, didn't want to necessarily rock the boat, but he had all these corporate sponsorships that looked good and that looked good on paper because a lot of people seemed to like Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers was, there was a, he was a breath of fresh air, I think for a lot of people. As Rogers' career has gone on, as he told Pat McAfee yesterday, you know, he stopped giving a fuck. He stopped kind of caring. He stopped kind of worrying about what everybody thought of him, and he just became himself. Now, that's not to say that Aaron Rodgers isn't immune to being upset about criticism or that Aaron Rodgers needs to be kind of taken care of, that Aaron Rodgers wants a seat at the table for different things and expressed his frustration with the Packers organization to where some people kind of called him a diva and all these other words that go hand in hand with somebody who is not necessarily falling, falling along with the team. Now, Aaron Rodgers has kind of reverted that a little bit as the year has gone on. And he's been a guy that I think has been a great teammate, a guy that has spoken very highly of the Packers organization. Some people think it's a complete you know, front that he's just playing the media like a fiddle, he's giving the media what they want to hear versus you know how he really feels, and that he doesn't actually feel this way and he wants out. But also, what Aaron Rodgers has done is he has a base of new fans and people who hate him just based on different takes that he's had in the media. The, the vaccine stuff is obviously what I'm referring to. But after that, it's kind of led to people think this guy is maybe enemy number one for sports. And so the last day and a half, I think we've seen Aaron Rodgers sort of have this lightning rod approach. It started with the Manning cast on Monday, where Aaron Rodgers mentions Atlas Shrug by Iron Rand, which is a controversial book. It is a sort of a libertarian's manifesto. It is seen as something that the right really likes and the left really hates. I think it depends on where you are on the spectrum. But at the same time, it's a fucking book. Who cares, right? Like people can read whatever they want. It's not like Aaron Rodgers was saying, oh, yeah, I just picked up Mein Kampf. Like, that would be a little bit of a fucking issue, all right? Like, no question about it, that would probably be a problem, and we probably would need to talk about that, and that probably would work. There are some people who are open-minded and say, oh, whatever, he's reading, but still, yeah. There's no way Rogers would do that. He mentioned a book that I think he knew would drive people nuts. Rogers set out the cheese in every left-leaning, you know, person on Twitter. I was gonna say every left-leaning, so every like extreme, always on, not extreme. The word I'm looking for is there there the people who are always online and lean more left, absolutely ran with it. The people who get gratification off getting retweets and engagement and everything like that, those were the people that went absolutely nuts about this and that I went absolutely crazy and said, oh my God, I can't believe this, this explains so much, All, yada, yada. Rogers then said to McAfee yesterday and said, I've never read this book, never actually read this book. Complete bait, complete, absolute, complete bait from Aaron Rogers and he set the trap and every person fell into it. It is very hilarious by Aaron Rogers. It's extremely telling of our media and of the people who, again, stay online to just get sort of those clicks and retweets and everything like that. Then, also yesterday, we had a MVP voter say he wasn't going to vote for Aaron Rodgers. Pub Arkish said that Aaron Rodgers is a bad guy and he's not voting for him for MVP. Pub Arkish is somehow on Packer Weekly Radio, and it, or Packers Weekly, excuse me. A, local radio show at TMJ, there is absolutely no way you should have Hub Arkish on again. Hub Ar- not I'm not asking for state-run media, but there is no way that Hub Arkish is a fair and balanced reporter. Absolutely not. He is a guy who obviously showed his bias here, a guy who is basically using it as a vendetta and a Chicago sports... Wonk and wants to, you know, look, look at me. Look, I'm not voting for Aaron Rodgers and he, I'm doing it because he's a bad guy, not because of his performance on the field. As I said on some things on social media, it is not the most valuable buddy award or most valuable man award. If the Walter Payton Man of the Year is there for a reason. If Aaron Rodgers got nominated for Walter Payton Man of the Year and Hub Arkish is saying, Hey, I'm not voting for him for this because he's a bad guy. Fucking makes all the sense in the world, dude. Like that, okay, that's fine. You're like, okay, he's not not the man of the year. Yeah, then actually, the he's not a nice guy thing matters a little bit. But when it comes to the MVP, it just doesn't. So this is where it leads me to my opening question of: Is Aaron Rodgers the biggest lightning rod in all of sports? Is he the guy that drives the most headlines, the most opinions? And has he kind of ascended there? Because I would say a year ago, other guys that I'm going to mention were probably more in that category. But Rogers seems to drive both sides of the aisle nuts in their own way. You know, the right-leaning people love it and say, oh my God, like Aaron Rodgers has all... And it's not even like the anti-vaccination stuff. It's not that. It's just the free spirit, the libertarian mindset, I think that rogers lives lives with the anti-cancel culture type stuff that's the shit they like i'm not even talking about the vaccines so and and i'm vaccinated boosted whatever so just fuck off there the left hates him because of the vaccines because of you know some of the libertarian mindsets because of joe rogan because of all these other things so like there's all everyone has an opinion on aaron Rodgers, and i think When you're a lightning rod, everybody has an opinion on you and wants to talk about you, whether it is good or bad. It's very rare that somebody middlemans a statement on Aaron Rodgers. It's either, I really like what Aaron Rodgers did, or I really hated what Aaron Rodgers did. And there is no in between. So if we look at the nominees for other prominent lightning rods in sports where everybody has an opinion on them no matter what, here is my list, and we can talk about each player individually before we go on to the next one. I won't try to be too long on this. LeBron James is the obvious second part, second guy to Rogers. If Aaron is Georgia, LeBron's Alabama. LeBron's been the top lightning rod for ever and ever. Where anything LeBron does is a story. I mean, the guy yesterday trash talk the sidelines of the kings and was like i'm a motherfucking problem bitch and we hit a big basket down the stretch and it was a social media clip all over the place and i got somehow i get lebron notifications on on espn which is worse than anything that could be dealt my way in 2022 that was an espn alert i'm like what are we fucking doing here LeBron definitely is right there with Rodgers when it comes to lightning rods because not only is it how he plays, not only is it the commentary that he makes, there's a political aspect to him. I think that LeBron James is really close to Rodgers where you could argue that it's still LeBron, that LeBron actually drives more people, drives more opinions, and that People love LeBron, but also there are people who really hate LeBron. Other nominees that I have, Tiger Woods. I think Tiger Woods is always a story, but I don't know if he has the vitriol that some of the others that I'll mention here have. Like, I don't know if there's a lot of people that hate Tiger Woods back in the day for sure, but I don't know if they hate Tiger Woods for any like personal opinions. Tiger Woods is pretty robotic in that sense. You almost wonder if he could be thrown in with like a Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. I don't do I have Brady on here. I do have Brady on here. I don't I do I don't have Mahomes. Oh, I do have Mahomes. Okay. I don't know if Tiger could be put in that Mahomes Brady category, and we'll talk about both those guys in a second. Where We don't really know a lot about their personal life. We know the Elon thing, right? But we don't necessarily know how Tiger votes. We don't know his opinion on vaccinations. We don't know... Tiger, what he listens to podcast wise, if he even listens to podcasts, whatever it may be. So that's where I wonder if Tiger Woods and Tom Brady, who I'm gonna mention right now, are the same people. Tom Brady has opinions on people don't like Tom Brady. But the reason why people don't like Tom Brady is just because he wins too much. And that's not necessarily it's not doesn't have anything to do with who he is as a person. Now, when he was seemingly supporting Donald Trump and had a mega hat in his locker room. That was a little different and that to me was where he was more like Rodgers is right now where everybody was watching every move. Everybody was dialed in to not only Brady on the field but Brady off the field and it really did matter. There are also lightning rods where everybody really doesn't like him like Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving's a lightning rod for sure. But it's everybody getting their jokes off. No one's really on Team Kyrie's side. No one there are probably a few, but there that few is a very small minority compared to the majority of people who really hate Kyrie. And it's not just the vaccines. It's he's had so many weird takes throughout the year. And so I have a tr- I have tr- trouble giving Kyrie that lightning rod crowd over Rogers. Kevin Durant yeah, yeah, I mean, he drives the headlines, but again, like, is there anything really to hate about Kevin Durant besides his Twitter persona and maybe some things on the court? Like, even as a Bucks fan watching him in the postseason, like, I was impressed with Kevin Durant. Like Kevin Durant impressed me more often than not when he was on the court. And I had trouble like hating Durant. I didn't like Irvin or Harden, but I had trouble like disliking Kevin Durant. And I think what he does on Twitter is relatively hilarious. Patrick Mahomes, we mentioned again, really nice guy. I don't know if he moves the needle enough. Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, a guy I think that could really, if you're looking at it worldwide, I think there is a lightning rod aspect to him. I think really a lot of people like Ronaldo. I think Ronaldo draws a ton of hate. I don't necessarily know if it's a lot of personal stuff. I think it's just the way he plays on the field. Although he he had that sexual assault case. Um, I think that got thrown out. I can't remember. I apologize that I don't have that on me. But yeah, Ronaldo's I mean, not necessarily been the squeakiest guy in terms of staying clean and everything like that throughout his career. Bryson DeChambeau, I think, brings in some hatred. I don't know if Bryson has a ton of fans. I know a couple guys who like him. But he's a guy that I think could be the next lightning rod in the sport of golf. I think that's coming. I think you will have more and more people having opinions on Bryson. He's not afraid to let his personal beliefs out too, which is what I think brings the lightning rod to the table is where everybody has an opinion on him, but maybe just not enough people know about golf. Like I wonder... All the people tweeting about Aaron Rodgers, do a lot of them know who Bryson DeChambeau is or know what Bryson DeChambeau has said about vaccines and about a lot of other things in society. Fernando Tatis, Now, nah, I, I want to get a baseball guy in here, but like, I don't know, like it, baseball doesn't really have a lightning rod. Maybe it's tra- tra- it it would have been Trevor Bauer. So it would have been Trevor Bauer, but I think everybody has been on the side of this dude fucking sucks. Because if you read a lot of the stuff that's going on in Trevor Bauer's life, it's horrific. Um, Some of the accusations are absolutely out of bounds and inappropriate. And I think more and more people have drifted towards anti-Trevor Bauer. I don't think Trevor Bauer has a lot of defenders. Trevor Bauer would have been the answer a year ago, and I, I think Trevor Bauer honestly would have been right up there with LeBron and Tiger and Aaron Rodgers. Antonio Brown, kind of that Kyrie category. Everybody doesn't like him. Uh, I don't think anyone's really looking at Antonio Brown and defending him. Novak Djokovic, I think more people dislike him. I, he was in the news getting the Vax exemption and due to a religious thing, I think it's going to be a talking point. I think you'll have more people with opinions on Novak. But again, at the end of the day, similar to Bryce, a little bit more elevated than Bryce Chambeau. But at, at the end of the day, it's tennis. And not a lot of people are going to be looking at tennis as this like must watch event. Like the vaccinated guy versus the anti-vaccinated guy. Like yeah, that's over. that would be way over the fucking top. And I know that I've mentioned vaccines a lot. Let me just you know, put a bow on this topic and say, it wasn't all about vaccines, but I just think that's where a lot of the hate for Aaron Rodgers developed. I do people just started hating Aaron Rodgers because they're a Bears fan or they're a Vikings fan. If you talk to Dan Katz of Arsenal Sports, he hates Aaron Rodgers because he's a Bears fan. He doesn't hate Aaron Rodgers because of his takes in the media this year. But there are other people like uh, Palmer Report, who I, I put in my article about Atlas Shrugged. Like, I'm sure Palmer Report, who is someone who, I forget his actual name. It, it might be Chris. No, I think that's the NBA guy. doesn't matter. I apologize to him. Maybe Jim. Maybe Jim, but don't. Jim Palmer's the uh, the baseball writer. I don't know who, what, what the fuck the guy's name is. But anyways, that dude developed a hatred for Aaron Rodgers just based on all the vaccine misinformation and everything like that. He didn't have an opinion on Aaron Rodgers five months ago, and now he does. And Hub Arkish has always had his opinion on Aaron Rodgers and finally thought that this was the time to say, I don't really like this dude, and I'm not voting for him for MVP. And it hilariously backfired. And actually, even though those who don't like Aaron Rodgers, who say, I'm not a huge Aaron Rodgers fan, but that's a ridiculous take, they're on his side. So you can go too far with this. So you can be all anti-Rodgers and be completely in the bag against him, but there will be some people who are more nuanced who will say, yeah, but it's a little too far. So let me know if you think that LeBron actually deserves this crown. I would love to hear it. I... The more I think about it, I, I think it is still LeBron, but I, I think Rodgers is right fucking there with him. I think it's Rodgers, LeBron, and then it's everybody else who we, we talked about. But yeah, he drives the internet absolutely crazy. Moving on to Marquette. Marquette had a fantastic win against Providence on Tuesday. They blew them out, 32 points. It was the largest victory for Marquette against a ranked opponent in their school history. Uh, Justin Lewis was great. Tyler Kolick, Rhode Island revenge game for him, nine assists. He played really well. Uh, Kirk Huth had a had a game. Cam Jones was a huge lift off the bench. You definitely saw a difference in Marquette with Cam Jones. He's been down with uh, in COVID protocols, I think for the last two. He's definitely down for that Creighton game. I don't know if he was down for the UConn game because that was a while back. So I don't think so. But yeah, they missed Cam Jones definitely on Saturday and having his support off the bench was really important. I thought... The way Marquette came out in the second half was probably the most impressive thing. They did foul a couple times on threes, which were annoying, but they didn't let up. They didn't take their foot off the throat. We talk all the time in basketball and in football about, and, and sometimes baseball, honestly, about like having that foot on the throat and just making sure you press down and killing that opponent versus kind of letting them up for air. And, the, and Marquette never let Providence up for air. They absolutely dominated them from start to finish besides the one Purdue or Providence run and even that run was very quick and then Marquette went right back with a run of their own it was revealed after the game that Wes Matthews had met with the team during the and had a film session with them on Sunday and they were really receptive to it man that stuff that's such little stuff that's so important. Like Wes Matthews, first of all, credit to him. You know, it's his off day. He has a game the next night. For him to take time out of his busy schedule during the NBA season to go help out these guys, it's fucking incredible. Um, just really speaks to the character of Wes Matthews. Number one, but no, number two, it's also just such a good move by Shaka Smart. Bring in the old guys. Bring in those dudes. You know, why Why can't Jarrell McNeil sit in on a film session? I don't know what Jarrell's doing. If he's, I think he's in Chicago. Like, why not? See if Dwayne Wade, I mean, that's like shooting for the moon, but maybe not a film session, but have Dwayne Wade at practice. See if Dwayne Wade wants to come through and talk to this team. Like, that's the type of stuff that recruits notice, right? That puts recruits radar and puts the bunny ears up just like the performance of Oso Eguidora, who continues to dominate. And he's starting to kind of look like the guys we've seen from Shaka Smart in the past. These tall, you know, lean guys who can really play and they work well in Shaka's system. You saw this with Jared Allen. You saw this with Mo Bamba. You saw this with Kai Jones. I mean, there have been countless guys that got drafted, Jackson Hayes is another example, that have got drafted from the Shocker Smart system that are our big men. That's why I was hesitant to have Darce- Dawson Garcia leave more for Dawson Garcia. Not because like, I was mad at him, it's his fucking choice. If he wants to go play for North Carolina, dude, go ahead. But you are missing out on opportunity of a guy who has been excellent with big big men and it seems like Oso's taking full advantage of it. I don't know why Oso isn't starting. He is nice off the bench, but I would definitely bring Oso to the starting lineup. He's my favorite player of this team. I've, I've called him a desert bear. Like I'm, I'm all in on Oso. I have a ton of Oso shares right now. I would say I also really like Marcel. Kolek can drive me crazy a little bit at times, but I like Kolek. Justin Lewis, obviously, right? Star player. I, I usually rarely am like, okay, I... I'm in the bag for the star player first and foremost and then everybody else. So that's kind of just my way. I do that with baseball too. Not as much as basketball because Giannis is Giannis. You can't can't be like, oh, I'm more of a Drew Holiday guy than I am a Giannis guy. Of course, you're fucking Giannis guy first. We're all all Giannis guys first, okay? So with this win, you now wonder if Marquette can kind of get hot here and kind of get on a little bit of a run. Uh, Marquette has a window of opportunity, I think, for it and can at least get themselves to potentially be back to three three and four. I think that's realistic. We'll see what happens with Seton Hall, but they could really get back to three and four here in the next two games. You have Georgetown on the road where you don't want to let down. Georgetown is a decent team, but a team you really shouldn't lose to. Marquette will probably be favored for the first time in what will seem to be a month. Um, they will definitely be you know, in the driver's seat. But it's a road game. You have to win those, and you have to take care of business. And the Verizon Center has been a tough place to play for Marquette in the past. They've had some struggles there. Georgetown loves to shoot the three. So if they have a game where they make twenty threes, then Marquette's probably going to lose. You know, we see this with the Bucks. If they struggle at their three point defense, it's going to be. A, it could be a really ugly game for Marquette. So they just need to make sure that they don't necessarily read their press clippings they were really good about that after the illinois game where it was obvious that a letdown could happen and then they end up beating old miss and west virginia like those were two really good wins for marquette there's nothing to say that they can't do that again here and beat Georgetown. And I'm not saying Georgetown is even on the level of Old Miss, but a true road game is difficult. A true road game is always going to be a challenge. And this is a young team who hasn't done the true road game much. They just had the Xavier game, what was that, a month ago? And they didn't play St. John's because of COVID, which was also a road game. So Marquette, Necessarily doesn't have that experience just yet in those true road atmospheres. I guess Kansas State was another one. So maybe we're at the point where we can say, all right, I don't know how much being on the road matters. It matters at some with some teams at this point, but others, it, it really is irrelevant. The next opponent for Marquette is DePaul. Now, DePaul isn't your older brother's DePaul where they're struggling and they're not playing well. No, they're actually pretty good. Like right now, I think a lot of bracketologists have DePaul as like a first team out right now. So DePaul is going to be a challenge. I mean, it is at home, which is really good and definitely something that is notable for Marquette and gives them the ability to maybe get three straight wins and then be back to three and four heading into your game against Seton Hall, which is also at home. Seton Hall, very good. Marquette has struggled with Seton Hall for really the last five or six years, but it's also because Seton Hall has been the more physical team. I'd like to think this version of Marquette is different and we owe Seton Hall. We've had so many problems with them. This is a game that I would love Marquette to have next Saturday uh, when they do take on the Pirates. Does it make you mad that they lost in double overtime because Smart didn't follow up three? Absolutely. Like seeing them blow out Providence did make me upset because I was like, well, If we just would have fucking followed up three, Marquette is two and three in the Big East right now and in a much better position than in the hole that they're in. But it happens. That's that's basketball. That's life. I'm not going to get too wound up over it. And it's nice that Marquette plays on Thursday night or Friday night. Uh, It's kind of ironic. My... (laughs) My wife was talking to me about like my sports watching and things like that, and we were discussing. She's like, "Oh, you watch so much sports," and and I was kind of pushing back and saying, "Well, not not really. Like, there are certain days where maybe it's a little bit more, but it's not like I could watch a lot more if you wanted me to. Like, I'm not usually tuning into Lakers and Kings, which I was last night, just at the very end, mostly to see if the Lakers would cover. But I, I'm not usually tuning into that shit on a random." Tuesday or Wednesday night like there will be a good NBA game and I'm like all right I'll maybe tune in when she goes to bed or I might tune in on my phone if it gets good at fourth quarter but I'm not like watching the whole game and I'm like babe we have to watch this game but when it comes to the Bucks and Marquette and things like that I also second screen it all the time I, again do not force her to watch all this stuff but the Bucks play the Nets on Friday night and Georgetown and Marquette play. It's our last night here. Maybe we'll be too busy and we won't be resting and sitting and we can have both games on. But yeah, it'll be a fun Friday night uh, for Milwaukee basketball fans. Speaking of the Bucks, uh, Chris Middleton is a guy that I, I wanted to talk about. I was going to talk about this with Mitch and then I have another topic with Mitch. We're going to do the Keg uh, tomorrow. So that'll be Thursday's show for us, a little later than we've done it this week. But I, I wanted to talk about Chris Middleton because... I just wonder, Are we? is there any time to push the panic button? Should we be concerned about Chris Middleton's season? I, I don't think Chris Middleton is an all-star. I do think the Bucks have two all-stars. That's a hint for our topic tomorrow. But I, I don't think Chris Middleton is having the year that we saw last year, that we saw the years before. So I'm just wondering, is it time to worry at all? Chris Middleton right now is averaging 183 Points per game, uh, that is down, Uh, that is... The worst Middleton has averaged since the 2018-2019 season. So the last two years, it has been way up for Middleton. Um, his free throws are actually up. Like he's 4.4, so that's that's really not an issue. Um, the rebounds are down. Uh, he's at 5.3. That is also down from the last couple of years. His assists are up though. Uh, so his assists are up a little bit. Um, kind of at where we're last year. A little kind of flat compared to last year. Um, and his turnovers are up. He's up to three turnovers a game. Uh, that is the highest of his career. Uh, he's never had that many turnovers. So just looking at the raw stats, the without looking at the advanced stats, he really is seemingly struggling. Um, and he's really seeming to not necessarily be playing as well. If we go to the advanced metrics, you know I love offensive rating and defensive rating per 100 possessions. And so if you look at that, usually per 100 The offensive rating, you'd want it to be better than 100. And defensive rating, you'd want to be worse than 100. Right now, Middleton's offensive rating is 107. That is the worst offensive rating that he has had since the 2016-2017 season. Middleton's defense is at 109, which is right around, I I think that's the average. That's kind of his career average. So the defense necessarily isn't a problem. He is lagging a little bit offensively. So should we be concerned? I would say probably not. First of all, Chris Middleton had a exhausting year. He probably played the most basketball that he has played in his lifetime. He played 80 NBA games. He had a full playoffs that was very intense that left no time off. He then went to the Olympics, won the gold medal, And it could be that Chris Middleton is wiped. It could be that Chris Middleton is not necessarily where he was. He also had COVID, take that into consideration. Chris Middleton had COVID during the kind of the tail end of Delta, right? It wasn't the Omicron. Delta has considerably worse effects on people than the Omicron. Delta is the one that is similar to the original COVID virus. And so you do wonder if that's affecting him a little bit. If the COVID issues are plaguing Chris Middleton combined with you know what he's dealing with, with playing so much basketball last year, that he's really just not himself. And if you look at, I think Andy Bailey did this, like best players, you know, and he had a bunch of metrics that he put together. He's Andy's a writer for Bleach Report. And Giannis was two, Drew Holiday was 15th. And I think Middleton was somewhere around hundred. So like, and, and he used a bunch of different metrics to get to that who's playing the best basketball and it's just not Chris Middleton. And it's unfortunate, right? It's definitely something that has has been an issue, um, but it's not something I'm gonna like really worry about. I think we should revisit this topic in three months from now or two months from now. If it's late March and we're still sort of seeing this from Chris Middleton, then that's a, a time where maybe we do say, all right, what what should the Bucs do? How should the Bucs approach this and sort of change what they're doing? Because I definitely think that Chris Middleton is going to necessarily need to be a part of it, but could he have less of a role maybe? And maybe that's just it. Maybe you need to kind of take his, his role down a notch. But I will tell you this, even if Middleton struggles all year, and it's, he's just having a bad year and whatever. And maybe Chris Middleton is you know old age, right? He's getting to 30. You could argue he's might right at the end of his window. And he might be at the end of his peak. And he might be changing into a different player. I still trust Chris Middleton a hell of a lot with five minutes left to go in a game. I do. And I think Chris Middleton looked like a top 20 player, top 15 player last year in the playoffs. And it's not to say Chris Middleton can't get that back. But right now, I think Giannis and Drew are playing at that really high level, and they're just not getting that from Chris Middleton. He'll come. He'll it'll, it'll come. It will come. Trust me. I just think right now, whether it be COVID, whether it be the exhaustion of last year, whether it be anything else. Remember, he missed the game for personal reasons. I don't know anything that's going on there. But who knows? Maybe there's something else going on in his life, too just never know, man. And so I'm not going to push the panic button yet with Chris Middleton. I am a little concerned. Uh, the stats aren't great, but it's not to say that he can't come back. I mean, we're still early in this. I gonna say early, but we're, we're approaching that midway point, having a bad start to a year. You can turn it on. You know, ask Ramos Ramirez. Ask. I'm trying to think of another good example of this. John Runyon, actually, I think is a good example of this. Like, John Runyon didn't necessarily start off great this year for the Packers. I think he's had a really strong finish the season. Like, there are people all the time who have slow starts and then finish strong. Chris can finish strong. I'm definitely confident in him and in that. I right, heard that does it for our show. Back tomorrow, like I said, tapping the keg with Mitch. Uh, we are going to talk about Drew Holiday and his all-star candidacy. No, we'll talk about that. Packer playoff stuff. We'll get ready for the Packer sort of season that turns up. Um, We won't talk too much, obviously, about that Lions game they have this week. Uh, We'll talk about me and Hawaii, I'm sure, and anything else. Um, I saw that there was a Jeff Passan lockout article, so maybe we'll bitch about MLB and Rob Manfred and uh, everything that's going on there, Um, and if we should start worrying about not having baseball season, because I think we're getting to that point. All right, Take care of yourself. Have a great Wednesday. Remember, we're all over social media. tapping the Kick Sports on everything but Twitter. So Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, woof. Just kidding, not woof. Um, and then, yeah, make sure you rate and review, subscribe, and tell your friends. Telling them, yay. I got a great Wisconsin sports podcast. Not only do they cover the Packers, they also cover the Bucs. They cover Marquette occasionally badger basketball but not really uh, but they do cover badger football which we should probably talk about this week they've not had a good week uh, but we we didn't mention them this week um, and I, i'll probably do a little more badger basketball because they have a big game against iowa on thursday and look at you you guys are just looping me in if i can watch it i will but i, I think i should be able to because my wife won't be home um, she's isolating due to COVID stuff. So I, I should be able to watch Wisconsin, Iowa. So I'll, I'll, I'll probably talk about it on Friday. You, you Badger fans are getting lucky this week for me. All right. Take care of yourself. Have a fantastic Wednesday. Like I said, and we'll, we'll talk to you tomorrow. See you. Bye.